Now here's those boyhood friends, Ron and Dave. I mean, Ron and Delbert. I'm just kidding. Here's Ronna and Donna. <laughs> all right, episode 67, the Ron and Don Show. Hey, you guys, thanks for stopping by. Thanks for all the sit-downs, too. We've been sitting down with a lot of people in the Ron and Don Nation. In fact, what is a sit-down? Ron and I are licensed brokers with Windermere. We come to us. No, we come to you. You come to us. We sit down. We actually bring you a cool camping mug that Ron invented. You're going to love it. Since I sat down with Ron and Don. And then we talk about your real estate journey. We'd love to be a part of your real estate journey. Buying, selling, investing. If you are within the sound of our voice, why don't you reach out? Ron at Windermere.com. You can also reach out to me, Don O'Neill. At Windermere, and, and I would like to point out, uh, it, it can be—it's it not just Seattle proper, and it's not just like for next week. If you're thinking, "Hey, I want to do something in 2021," let's get the planning going right now. Maybe you're on the east side, maybe you're a little bit north up in Edmonds, maybe you're down south in Tacoma. Uh, give us a call; we'll be able to set this thing up for you. Yeah. Uh, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, we're going to talk about how every single dog from a shelter uh, was saved thanks to a Super Bowl ad. And also, a little bit later, uh, we're going to talk about how your middle school friends had an amazing impact on you. And you better watch out. You better watch your kids, especially if they're in middle school right now, because you're not going to believe the impact that their friends are having on them, even as we speak. So, can, can, can we stop the show here just for a moment? Because I'm a, I'm a... Stop the show. I'm a little upset about this, because I my son will ask me every once in a while. He's like, Dad... When are we going to, to Disneyland? That's a great question. When are you going to I Disneyland? I used to live in Los Angeles. And when I lived in Los Angeles, uh, I lived in a really cheap apartment there. I remember that apartment. And all my friends would come to see me. I think I was 19, 20 years old. I think you came to I see came me. I came to see And here's, here's what I was welcome to. I yeah. opened the refrigerator when I get to Los Angeles. It's 179 degrees inside your little cracker box of an apartment. Very hot. And I had a... The good thing there's was... No, I, there's no AC. I had a metal roof, too. There yeah. is no fan. I lived in Echo Park. It there was a little was, rough back then. There was no guest bed. There was no guest bed. There was no guest pillows. Nothing. There was no guest towels. Yeah. So I'm like dying of heat. Right. I go and open the fridge. I'm like, at least I'll just get a nice cool beverage. Refresh, maybe a, refresh maybe yourself. Maybe a popsicle, something here. <laughs> this I'm dying. Yeah. I open your refrigerator. Yeah. You knew I was coming because you picked me up from the airport. Yeah. There is not a stitch of food in the refrigerator. There's a bottle of KM in there. There was a bottle of KM. Do you know what KM is? I don't even is? know what KM is. <laughs> There's no milk. Yeah. There's no uh, uh, sodas. <laughs> There's no food. There's, you had nothing in the... There was nothing. Dude, I made $950 a month. Why was I visiting that? I, I don't know. I was going to... So, so anyone that came to see me, it was usually because they wanted to stay at my place and they wanted to go to Disneyland. And back then, Disneyland was, was I think it was like $59 to go to do. But when you're making $950 a month, $59 is a lot of money. So sometimes I'd drive my friends down there, I'd drop them off, and they'd go through the gate, and then I'd pick them up a little bit later. And then oftentimes I'd be forced, they'd be like, hey, well, we'll buy your tickets. So I would be forced to go to Disneyland. And I, 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 I went through the, there was one year, I, I think I went through the small world after all, probably 27 times. And you sit, and sometimes you stand there because you just wonder. Like, cause the song, it's a small world after all is going on all the time. And I don't know if it still is. Cause I haven't been back since I was 19, but I can imagine it's a small world is still happening. No, we've been to Disneyland once. That song. What's that? When we were working and we got, we got a uh, uh, censored. 
Yeah, well, we got that's another story for another day. So we, I don't think we have time for that story. So nonetheless, personally, going back, riding the rides and all that, we went for work one time. It was, it was a radio gig, but actually going back, riding the rides. So you stand there and, 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 and you wonder how the employees can, can handle this. How can they handle that song over and over and over again for six, seven, eight hours? And yet they do that, right? So my friends would come and, and we would go and we would visit. And then uh, I just decided after that that I never wanted to go to Disneyland again. And then my son started asking me about it. And I'm like, well, hey, you know what? Let, let, you, you can do one or two things. We can go to Hawaii because I showed him pictures of turtles in Hawaii, these huge 200-pound turtles. We can either go swim with the turtles in Hawaii or we can go hang out with, with Mickey Mouse at, at Disneyland, which I don't want to do. And now we find out today there's a story out that's over $200 just to step in the park. And then you can imagine all the up fees that you pay once you step into that park. So I have him convinced. We are going. In fact, we're leaving tomorrow. We're going to go to Hawaii. And he and I, we're going to go to Maui with my friend Maui Joe. And we're going to swim with the turtles. So it's going to be Maui Joe, myself, my son. We're heading to Hawaii. We're swim with these turtles. And then the Super Bowl happens. And guess what the winning quarterback does when you win the Super Bowl? He's the MVP. You get on a float and you head to Disneyland or Disney World. But before you do that, you stand on the sidelines while the Super Bowl is still kind of going on, while it's still a Super Bowl. And they put a microphone in front of your face and they're like, hey, hey. Winning quarterback, Kansas City Chiefs, Mr. Mahomes, where are you going? And Mahomes says, I'm going to Disney World. And so then my son looks at me and he's like, Daddy, I don't know if I want to swim with the turtles anymore. I think I want to go with Mahomes and I want to go to Disney World too. And I'm like, there's no way. Now that I find out to go to Disney World, you're going to have to pay $200, which I imagine Disneyland, which is the California coast, also has to be $200. And then once you walk, walk in the park, I can't imagine. What would a beer be at Disneyland? Is that 25 bucks? Bottle water is probably 50 Imagine staying at one of the hotels. Time out. That's crazy. Time out. $200 to even step in the park. That is insane to me. So anyway, I just told them. I said, we are going to swim with the turtles, and you are going to have a great time. Is what I, uh, is what I told them. So we're going to go swim with the turtles. Have you been to Hawaii? Huh? Yeah, I have. I went to lunch the, one time. I, I, I've, I've swam with the turtles. Have I went to sw- lunch. I had a sandwich. Have you gone swim with the turtles? I have. Okay. I had a sandwich. Yeah. And like not an adult beverage, just a beverage. Yeah. With chips on the side. It's $54. So I, I, don't, I wouldn't make fun of the prices of a, of a beer. Maui Joe owns a restaurant there. So oh, we're, you're we're fine. Gonna, we're going to eat You're restaurant. fine. We're going to eat his restaurant. We're swimming with the turtles. We stay at his house. You can't touch the turtles, though. What's that? You want to touch the turtle. They well, tell you, you, don't touch the turtle, and you get right up next to it, and like, you want to touch the turtle. We went out in a boat, and we got a big speech about don't touch the turtles. And if you touch the turtles, you could be arrested yeah. if the turtles are touched. You cannot feed or molest the turtles, they tell you. And they use those words. You cannot feed, molest, or touch the turtles. So I'm like going, okay. So we No touching of the turtles. So we get all our gear on, and we go over... And guess what the boat captain does, who who is also kind of the ringleader? You know what the first thing he does? He goes over and he attacks a turtle. What's he doing? He pulls a knife out of his hand and he attacks his turtle with a knife. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is unbelievable. And then he does a little something and then he gives a sign and we all swim to the top. And I'm like, I'm dying over here. I'm like, oh my gosh. 
I think he just killed the turtle. When he jumped in the water, the turtle had been wrapped, his neck was wrapped in fishing line. And so the captain saw that. He pulled out his knife nice. and he cut the turtle free from the fishing line. But from my vantage point, it looked like he was feeding and molesting the turtle. It's the Ron and Don Show, only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Thanks for listening, you guys. I realize it's not easy. Charlie the dog and I have to listen to these two jokers every day. for listening to the Ron and Don show. Please hit subscribe. All right, as a parent, sometimes uh, you feel a little overwhelmed. I, I have felt that way in the last 24 hours where just sometimes a single dad, I just feel like I am in the deep end of the pool here. I don't know what I'm doing. Somebody throw me some floaties and it's... I think a lot of single parents, and even parents out there, you'll relate to this. You feel like you're doing your damn best, and then you just, something derails you. It just, it just derails you. And a lot of times the things that happen are just completely out of, out of your control. So I was talking about taking my son uh, to Hawaii. We're getting ready to go to Hawaii. So then uh, I'm getting all packed up, and we're trying to get... Uh, things ready. Sounds like a great winter break, actually. Yeah, and then and then all of a sudden, you know, last night, and, and we're supposed to leave tomorrow morning. He has a hundred and five point three temperature. Whew. Yeah, and 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 so and so we're kind of battling through that through that all night, and then um, we just got caught up on our math. We just got caught up in our homework. We just got caught up in our reading. And a lot of times, what happens when he gets sick? Because he gets sick a lot. And there's some reasons for that, and I'm not going to go into it, but he gets sick a lot. And then when he gets sick, we get blown back like uh, a week or two weeks or three weeks, or sometimes we get blown back months. When he was in kindergarten, because uh, he got so sick, he got an eye infection. He and I had the same eye infection. He was out of kindergarten for months, and he got blown back and almost, and almost held back as a result of that. So sometimes you, you, you feel like you're treading water, and then sometimes you feel like you're making progress. And then sometimes you feel like you're getting blown back. It's one of the reasons why this year I decided I was going to, you know, be as manny and be as, uh, and also be as tutor and just, just, just get in it with him. And, and, and sometimes I do a great job and sometimes I just find myself and you've seen me before talking into my phone, trying to figure out fourth grade math. And Siri knows a lot about fourth grade it is, math. It's weird. I don't get it. <laughs> Which has been really helpful. So anyway, the other thing, he's in fourth grade now, and I begin to look around, and you you begin to you start to think about the influences on him not the, not just the influences of adults and teachers, and not just the influences of coaches, but then you also begin to think about the influences of other kids and other other children. And the thing that I'm really proud of when it when it comes to my son is last year he was being bullied by a kid in school. And we got called into the principal's office to kind of talk about this. And my son on his own, he went to this, this, this young boy that was bullying him. And he asked him if he'd like to come spend the night at the house. And I had never heard of a child doing that before. Uh, walking up to a bully and asking them. They, 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 they teach you because he's in this karate class. And they teach you if you're being bullied to try to change the subject. 
uh, to not run away, but they teach you how to walk away and you walk away at an angle. So that way, if you get attacked, you can still defend yourself and all these other things. And then also how you can use communication to confuse a bully and, and to get them to stop bullying you. So you learn all these different things. He, my son just decided, hey, would you like to come over to my house? And I got this dog, Charlie, and we'll hang out. And we'll, and so he ended up befriending this bully. And now, to this day, he's actually he has a great connection with him, and he's one of his best friends. This is what I think about, though. What happens when you get to middle school? Because it seems like it's the middle school, it's that middle school experience that I remember where you start hitting puberty uh, you start feeling weird about yourself. You start having uh, thoughts about girls or guy, whatever it is. And then you got Ed Turner in seventh grade that's already shaving. Right. Yeah. It's like, Ed, yeah. you're 12. Yeah. What is, what's going on, dude? Yeah. So, so, so you get to middle school and then, and then you start to get labeled. That's where you get labeled. You get labeled in, in, in our school that we went to, Ron. You're labeled a jock. You're labeled a freak. Or you're labeled a cowboy, right? And a lot of times, uh, or a stoner. And what you found out later on is a lot of the jocks were actually, uh, they were more stoners than the stoners were actually stoners, I guess. So uh, anyway, there's some research on this. There's a story in The Atlantic about the effect sometimes that that uh, other kids can have on our kids, specifically in middle school. Yeah, it's right? a very long article. It's a, a typical of The Atlantic. They don't really get to any point until you're like 10,000 words into it. It's like, are you guys going to make a point here? But once you get past all of that, the, the couple things that jumped out to me that were really fascinating. The, the current um, people, professionals that work with children, they're trying to change us from calling it peer pressure to peer presence. And, and here's why. Is they're saying just the presence. You take an, an adolescent or a kid in junior high, just the presence of another kid changes everything. So it's not really a pressure that they're putting on you just by virtue. So you take a, a kid that's alone and have him or her make a set of decisions and they will do one thing. You just add another kid. It doesn't even need to be their friend. Mm -hmm. Just add another kid and their decision-making is entirely different. And so they, they talk about the, the classic example is once a child gets his driver's license, you can have a kid that's driving alone, goes the speed limit, doesn't have the radio on, uses his turn signal, doesn't get in accidents. <laughs> you put another kid in that car. That's right. Doesn't even have to be their best friend. Right. The tunes go up, the yeah. speedometer's there, they're hanging their window, arm out the window. Yeah. Like it is an entirely, everything goes into a hell in a handbasket, as my mom used to say. And so that I found interesting to think of it not in terms of, okay, you got to watch out for that kid. That kid's going to pressure my kid into doing something that they don't want to do. No, like this is completely different to me is just put kids together, friends or not, bullies or not, whatever, they are just going to change their decision making changes, their um, uh, the risk taking goes up. So put a kid in with other kids, their risk-taking goes up. So it's like, hey, Don, you want to jump off the roof into the pool? Yep. Like you, you never would have done that by yourself. Yeah. But you just get two kids together, you're jumping off the roof into yeah. the pool. Is that how you stole the car? Because I remember when you were younger, you stole the car with your friend Anthony. Would you have stolen that car? Probably not because it was Anthony's dad's car. Well, we were trying to get to, get to, to the girls. You are trying to get the girls' We house. had uh, uh, two girls, Mary and Karen. Yeah. 
were having a sleepover. Okay. We were having a sleepover. They invited us over, and they live like 13 miles away. Right. So that was the only reason why we stole and the car. And you were how old? Uh, I was in junior high. Okay. It's, I was a pretty good driver for did junior you, high. Did you ever get to their house? No, no. You didn't? We, we couldn't, no. <laughs> you know what? Maybe we did. How far did you get in the car? We might have. I thought you high-centered the car. Oh, there was a whole, we did high-centered it. Uh, I had this brilliant idea. So my brother, my brother had a, had a very loud station wagon, the Rambler. Yeah. And so when he would sneak out, they would drive it to the top of the block. Yeah kill the engine and then they would coast it down to the house yeah and so in my mind it's like that's how you took the car out so i told anthony it's like okay don't we're not going to turn the car on you go steal your dad's keys we'll put you push it out of the driveway and then we'll roll down the street yeah. then we start the car okay we're in stealth mode he's like that's a great idea yeah so he i'm in the car uh, and no, I was pushing. He, he's like, I'll drive because it's my dad's car. I'm like, okay, great. <laughs> so I'm pushing and he didn't have the ignition key turned on. So he starts to turn the wheel and it locks because it's no. a Mercedes. <laughs> Steering wheel's locked and I'm pushing like a, like, you know, nobody's get go. And then the electric brakes wouldn't work because oh. the car's not turned on. Yeah. So he's pumping the brakes. It won't do it. And then we high center over the curb. That's and right. Now it's rocking back. It was, just, it was one of those coupes that sits real low to the ground. Really nice Mercedes. Uh, anyway, another story for another day. We got followed by the cops. We go on a low-speed chase. Like, it was a whole deal. Yeah. At my house, we had a Lowenbrow sign that my brother hung, because we had a shared room. And we we slept in a basement, and he took this Lowenbrow sign. And when Steve Hathoot or John Quinn, his friends, would come by, and the coast was clear, then they would go ahead, and they would turn on the Lowenbrow sign, and then and then he'd head out with those guys. And they go do whatever they're doing. My job then was to make sure that if the coast was clear, to leave the low and brow sign on. I'm in junior high. My brother's now in high school. My job is to make sure that the sign's on. And the sign means the coast is clear? Coast clear. Come sneak through the window. You're good. And sometimes he sneak through the window with his girlfriend. And then if the coast is not clear, you turn the low and brow sign on. What did you on. get? Did you get paid? I was just told to do this. I was three years younger. And did you didn't get any money out of the deal? What's that? No, I got a low and brow. So, oh, nice. Yeah. Like in sixth grade, you get a low umbra. Uh, so then my 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 mom, and this is my mom's single mom, God bless her, four kids. How she did, I don't know. She comes downstairs one night with her belt, and she's like, turn the low umbra sign on. I'm like, ooh. You figured it out, didn't you? She's like, oh, yeah, I figured it out. And then my brother came home and then they went upstairs for a few minutes. <laughs> oh, mom, I'll never do it again. Of course, then we got a line in Google sign. And after she broke the loan, the loan brow sign. So anyway, then we rolling rock sign. Of course, slide sign. The Ron and Don Show, only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. If you come home, parents, and you see a beer sign hanging in your child's window. I doubt the kids, parents would let their teenager hold oh, a beer <laughs> sign in their window these days. <laughs> 70s were a different time. So nonetheless, I think the moral of the story is uh, not just who your kids are hanging out with, but... Uh, how many kids are hanging out with too, right? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening to episode 67. We will see you on the other side of this. 
When you're ready to explore your real estate journey, reach out to the guys. Email at ron at windermere.com. Don't go anywhere unless you want to. It's the Ron and Don Show. Starring Ron and Don and sometimes me at ronanddon.com. All right, episode 67 of the Ron and Don Show. And our thanks to everybody for going out to glow.fm slash Ron and Don Radio. In fact, uh, Bobby Nonaz just did that. Gave $5 a month. Uh, Jay Horn just did that. He gave $15 a month. And oh, man. Annie Knox just did this. She gave $25 a month. Our thanks to you. Glow.fm slash Ron and Don Radio. Thanks for sponsoring us. We really appreciate you guys. And don't forget the show drops every Monday, every Wednesday, Thursday. Get signed up for the newsletter if you want to know everything about Ron and Don. Yeah, it's at ronanddon.com. Just click on that radio microphone. You'll see a picture of us uh, up on top of Queen Anne. And then right below that, there's a little sign-up box. Yeah. Before we get out of here, we're going to tell you about a Super Bowl commercial. Uh, that was kind of cool. And a dog shelter uh, and the impact that this commercial had. But before uh, we get to that, we do something called uh, Ron and Don Sit Down. And you've heard us talk about this. And we've been trying to figure out ways. How can we sit down and get face-to-face with people in the Ron and Don Nation and kind of talk about their real estate journey, whether they're buying, selling, investing, and, and, and just start talking? Because a lot of times people don't know. People just don't know what they're going to do, uh, but they kind of have this inkling of what they want to do. So by sitting down and having these discussions, whether it's at someone's house or their business or at our offices at Windermere, a lot of times over the course of a couple of conversations, uh, things begin to kind of reveal themselves. So a couple of months ago, we sat down with a gentleman by the name of Peter Clark. And Peter Clark, we had a lot of things in common with him because Peter, not only was he was he one of our first clients, but Peter is also from New Mexico and we're from New Mexico. He heard you talk about something on the radio that resonated with him and he reached out and he, I think he's one of our first run and done sit downs, wasn't he? He was. We uh, I told the story of Vispy and Shernaz, how we found them their dream condo that overlooks the water. He heard that story and I, I wrote a letter to everybody in this condo building ended up being able to uh, get a condo for them. And so he heard that story, contacted us and, and um, we sat down and it has been, it's, it's really been rewarding to take this journey with Peter. We connected over uh, the uh, the Balloon Festival the other day. If you've never been to New Mexico, every October they have the International Balloon Festival. And uh, Peter used to work in television news down there. And so he followed Ben Abruzzo and I forget the other, uh, Newman. One of the guys' name was Newman. Newman and Anderson and Ben Abruzzo. Anderson, Newman, and Ben Abruzzo. They, yeah. they had an air balloon and went around the world the back double in the eagle, 80s. The double eagle too. And yeah. so uh, there was a tragedy one time where they tried to go over a mountain and the, the balloon hit the mountain and caught on fire and these people fell and so he covered that story in a helicopter oh, and wow. the helicopter he was in actually crash landed uh, because they were he was trying to get footage Peter of the, Peter's helicopter yeah wow so P- Peter was trying to get footage of the balloon that crashed the helicopter lost uh, airspeed or velocity or whatever it loses mm. uh, with an updraft on the mountain and then that vehicle crashed and he walked away from it of course his his news director was like did you get the footage yeah he's like dude i was crashing i didn't (laughs) didn't get the footage sorry anyway yeah so anyway we closed a couple real estate transactions with him and in fact we closed one today and we sat down and it was uh it was so lovely to be with him 
And to close uh, one of our one of our first transactions that resulted as one of these sit downs, it was kind of interesting because a number of days ago, I was at Peter's house in Ballard, and I was doing an open house there, and there were people that were coming in that were interested in buying this particular home that he had, and so I was talking to everyone, and then this lady uh, comes over and she went, "Oh my gosh," she goes she goes, what happened to the realtor? And I said, what are you talking about? She said, well, I wanted to come and talk to the realtor that is selling this house because there's so many people that are coming by and I'd be really interested in in talking to them. Do you know who the realtor is? And I said, well, I'm the realtor. And she looked at me. She goes, no, you're not. She goes, I've seen you over here. She goes, you're the yard guy. And, And I looked at her and I said, And I put two and two together and I came up with five and I'm like, oh, our yard guy had shown up at Peter's house and he was a little uh, overwhelmed by uh, some of the yard work. So I called Ron and then we called our friend Joe and Jennifer and a bunch of our friends and we got Joe's truck and we all showed up and we went to town on Peter's house one day, I think for two days straight, right? We, We worked on that yard together. And the yard looked amazing when we got done. Well, this is the next door neighbor. She saw us doing all this yard work, and she thought that I was the yard guy. Well, so you she, are the yard guy. She wanted to hire me to do the yard work, and then whoever the realtor was that was getting all these people to come by, because we ended up uh, selling his house in just two days, which is really incredible. So we and, and so I had to explain to her. I said, no, I'm, I'm, I'm actually a licensed realtor with Windermere, uh, and Peter is one of my clients, and what happened is our yard guy just couldn't get to all this. And so we came over, we chipped in, we did this. And then as a result of that, she said, wow, well, would you be interested in selling my house, which I went next door and I said, yeah, I'd be interested in selling your house. But Ron, I have news for you. Uh, she has a lot of yard work uh, that we're going to have to do too. So are you with me as far as being a yard guy and a real estate guy? Because we are full service brokers at Windermere. And if you need our help in your yard or selling your house, just reach out to us. Ron at Windermere.com. Don O'Neill at Windermere.com. Before we go, really cool story. I love, love, love when... I love when people help, uh, when when they help animals. Yeah, so. there was a, uh, a Kansas City Chiefs. They, of course, won the Super Bowl this year. But he, uh, they all try to do charities. There was a Kansas City Chief. I don't know how to say his last name. Derek Natty, yeah. N-N-A-D-I. Got it, yeah. He said that uh, for every Chief that they were going to win, he was going to help uh, get, get a dog adopted. Well, this thing got some legs and got some publicity. And so for the, uh, the Kansas City Chief and the Kansas City Shelter there, they now have had every single dog adopted 109 dogs with an average adoption fee of 150 dogs he was going to pay the adoption uh, uh, fees every single dog got adopted that's awesome Rachel Ray the celebrity chef heard about it she's paying for a free year of uh, pet food to each one of these I wonder dogs. if that's Rachel Ray's pet food. Does she have her own pet food? She does. Probably. So, yeah, so that's, that's still pretty cool, though. Well, So 109 for a year. You know how much your dog I don't know if it's year. pretty cool, but it's pretty smart of her to jump on. I, I shouldn't be 
cynical. That is really cool of Rachel Ray. She didn't to give have away. to do it. She didn't have to do it, and she didn't have to get all this free advertisement because now we're talking about Rachel Ray dog food on the Ron and Dawn show. So shouldn't you say good job, Rachel Ray? Good job, Rachel Ray. She's uh, given 109 people free dog food for a year. I love that. That's uh, good. These dogs are all going into good homes. So good, good for him. You know what we're gonna do? We're gonna give everybody uh, that adopted a dog. Ron and Don sit down cups. Let's say Ron and Don are licensed brokers. Actually, we don't have enough. We don't have 109. (laughs) Hey, thanks for stopping by uh, episode 67. We appreciate you guys. Don't forget uh, the Ron and Don show drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. How about that? You keep your head up, your shoulders back. We'll see you next time. Now here's G-Force to tell you goodbye. Tell them goodbye, G-Force. Keep your head up and your shoulders back. And we'll see you next time on the Ron and Don Radio Network.